you know, dividends are based on how many shares you own. You know, a drastic analogy would say even if a stock is cut by 50%, you still own 100 shares and you're still getting that same income. So the dividends aren't based off of your market value. It's based on how many shares you own. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Thanks for listening to Unlocking Your Financial Future, where we talk about a number of different investment, retirement, financial topics. And today we're going to conclude our five-part series on busting the biggest financial myths. We've already gone through four. Today we'll do number five. I'll tell you all about, all about it in a second, but let's introduce first Ben Schrock to the show, who's on with me every week. Ben, how are you? Doing well, and yourself? I'm doing good, man. Doing very well. Uh, things have been a little busy, been steady, but that's the way we want it, right? That's right. Yeah. Excited to wrap up the series here. Yeah, me too. This should be a, an interesting one too for people kind of working in their portfolio. And to help us out today is uh, another member of your team, Keith Lockwood. Yeah, we're excited to have Keith on. He's been with us since January of this year. He's got a, a long, extensive background in our industry, and uh, he does a lot of our portfolio management here in our office. And we I won't tell you the exact year he started because that dates him <laughs> a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we're glad to have him on staff here, and, and he's been a true value to our business. So, Keith, how are you, man? I'm glad you uh, took some time to come on. I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. Great. So, both guys are part of the team at BA Schrock Financial Group, which is in Wadsworth, but they serve the Cleveland and Akron area. And uh, we'll talk more about them today, but you can also find everything you need on their website at bashrock-fg.com. There's plenty of info there, including their uh, guide to maximizing your Social Security benefits. So, Make sure you take some time uh, after this episode to take a look at their website. So let's jump right into this topic. And, and let me set it up for anybody that's just joining us for the first time in this series. We decided to do a series on busting the biggest financial myths. And the theory is pretty simple, right? So there's a lot of common beliefs around the financial world that people just kind of assume are true, but it's not always the case. So we don't want you basing your financial plans around those myths. So we've been talking about a number of different ones. And today that is the final part of this series. And it's on this myth that you should shift from stocks to bonds to remove your volatility from your portfolio. So let's start off, Keith, with the simple question. And maybe this is more for me than our advanced listeners that are on this podcast, but explain investing in bonds and what you really are investing in. So a bond in basic terms, the company or municipality government agency is basically saying, okay, lend me some money and I'm going to pay you an interest rate and we're going to pay you that for a certain amount of years and then we're going to give you your money back. Inherently, there's less risk because you get your money back. But during that time period, you know, that bond price can go up and down based on the market, the economy, what the Fed's doing with interest rates, so on and so forth. So bond prices go down when interest rates go up. And when interest rates go down, bond prices go up. So it's an inverse relationship. Okay, that makes sense. So when we hear this uh, idea that shifting from stocks to bonds just completely removes the volatility from your portfolio, why is that not true? Because there's still a risk involved investing in bonds. You have the interest rate risk where, you know, if interest rates do go up and you're stuck holding, say, a 30-year bond at 3% and new issues are coming out at 4%, you know, you're losing out there because not only is your price of your bond going down, you're not getting the same interest rate as others might be getting. And you also have duration risk, which again, kind of is interest rate risk. 
where if your bond is too long of a maturity date, it's going to be hard to get out of that and get into something new without taking a loss. And then you also have the risk of default, you know, and that comes more with high yield companies that aren't highly rated, you know, A plus rated, where, you know, when it comes time to get paid back that debt that they owe you, they might not be able to pay you. So they default on that. So you begin that interest, but you're not getting back everything that you lended them during that time period. So there is some risk involved there. Now, inherently, the volatility is a little bit less because there's not as much volume trading wise in bonds. But with stocks, you still can reduce your volatility by the different sectors that you invest in. Staying defensive, you know, with utilities, healthcare that pay quality dividends that raise their dividend on a regular basis. The misconception is people don't understand how dividends work too. So you can reduce your volatility on the equity side, but still have that chance for growth and still get an income with high quality names that pay good dividends that increase their dividend. When you have clients that come in, at what age typically are you having that conversation with them about, okay, let's look to reduce some risk. Is there a certain age? Or, I mean, is it just something you're constantly evaluating with a client that's building their plan or, or tweaking their plan? It's a constant evaluation. Uh, I guess the misconception people get, you know, if I'm retiring at 60 or 62 or 65, they think that's the end point where in reality, they maybe have 25, 30 years left of a portfolio where you still got to keep your purchasing power and beat inflation and not necessarily what the government <laughs> says inflation is, but what real inflation is. Um, and you can't do that strictly having a bond portfolio. So really the most, I guess, conservative you want to get is maybe a 40, 60, 40% equity, 60% fixed, maybe even a 35, 55, and then throw 10%, maybe in precious metals or something alternative. But that still can keep good growth percentage on your portfolio with also not taking on too much risk, which also not losing your purchasing power. And I think too, Ben, to that point is it's a lot to do with the person that we're sitting across the table from too. You know, not everyone has the, the appetite for that risk. We talked about that in previous conversations and episodes, but evaluating the person that we're meeting with also has an impact in terms of the way that we advise. And, you know, we help them determine if they need the income, okay, and we can't get it from a dividend or uh, we can't necessarily generate that from a fixed instrument like a bond, you know, where else do we seek that income? So we kind of help build that portfolio for our clients that, that help deliver on that ultimate goal, which is that income in retirement and, you know, obviously trying to grow that portfolio as well. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we're talking with Keith Lockwood, the portfolio manager over at uh, BA Schrock Financial Group. He'll help you out with that, building that portfolio and figuring out if stocks or bonds works best for you, as well as Ben Schrock, who's always here with us. We're discussing why shifting from stocks to bonds doesn't always remove the volatility from your portfolio is as commonly believed. Another question I've got in terms of working with your clients is, if I'm a, somebody that's trying to figure this out, and, and you mentioned you need to be evaluating constantly, how often should somebody be evaluating? Is it once a year, twice a year, or even more frequently than that? Well, we're looking at it on a daily basis. But as far as coming in, it's really up to the, the individual, the family that we're working with. You know, it's no less than one time a year. You know, we meet with people quarterly whatever their comfort level is and, and keeping them as far as educated on their portfolio, their plan and, and what's going on. 
And that's vice versa too, because things can change on their end, but at least annually. And if we see something on our end, you know, we, we always reach out and whether that's a phone call or, you know, we need to sit down and go over everything again, but it's just that constant monitoring, especially in today's age where things move a lot more quickly. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like in the past where you found the stock prices on Saturday morning in the paper, (laughs) (laughs) you know, now things are every 20 seconds, sometimes even quicker than that. So I think back to like 2008, uh, you know, the market crash. And then we hear people talk about it now that, hey, you know, maybe another dip's coming, you know, how drastic that is. We don't know, but we know a correction will come at some point. I mean, that's just how the market operates. So do you have many clients that are saying, hey, they come in with this thought of, hey, should we be shifting to bonds now? Or is this something we need to look at? Is that a discussion you currently have with people? It's definitely a discussion we're having because, as you said, there's one coming who knows when, but probably sooner rather than later. But it's still not necessarily shifting on to bonds. It's just becoming more defensive. Okay. Um, so it's getting that dividend where, um, you know, dividends are based on how many shares you own. So, you know, a drastic analogy would say even if a stock is cut by 50%, you still own 100 shares and you're still getting that same income because the dividend's still paying the same. Gotcha. So the dividends aren't based off of your market value. It's based on how many shares you own. So that can help that burden. And, you know, 2008, people don't realize if you didn't do anything by the end of 2010, you had more money in your account than you did at the start of 2008. So it seems drastic. It seems, you know, it was terrible. And but it's made out to be like this long drawn out process, Mm -hmm. where really it was only two years. And if you had a defensive portfolio, you know, utility stocks only dropped 10, 15% versus the 40 that the market did. So, and you're still getting four or five, 6% in dividends on your, your portfolio. So a good diversified portfolio with those defensive stocks that pay good dividends plus some fixed income on the bond side will really lessen that, that hurt. Because the worst thing you could do is you know sell. <laughs> you know, the person who sold yeah. on March 9th, 2009 will <laughs> never get that money back. Right. It doesn't matter how good we are, that person's never going to get their money back. Yeah, that's a good point. And <laughs> and look, this is part of the conversation that you have with an advisor. And that's why it's important to have somebody that you can rely on because you don't worry about it as much if you built your portfolio and your plan to be prepared for these types of things. You don't have to worry about shifting from stocks to bonds or whatever other drastic moves if you know your plan's in place. So that's why it's important to work with BA Schrock Financial Group and this team. So before I wrap this up, is there anything else myth-wise about either this conversation or Ben, the bigger, broader financial myths that we've kind of been talking about that you want to add? Well, I, I'd just kind of add on to what Keith points were with the bonds in today's world. You know, with everyone here in the news with the Federal Reserve lowering rates or the, the pressures continuing to be put on them to lower interest rates, you know, that's definitely going to have an effect on that fixed income marketplace. So, you know, when we hear that kind of news and we hear that type of stuff going on in today's economy, that's why this stuff is, is really important to understand why things work the way that they work. And, and to Keith's point, you know, why it isn't necessarily the safest route, moving the assets from stocks to bonds and, and the points that he just went through with getting more defensive on the equity side, you can do something very similar as they decide to lower rates. And, you know, it's going to kind of leave the average investor and in, in stuck between a rock and a hard place. Where do they go find safe money if the feds keep lowering rates and you can't go buy treasuries, you can't go put it in a CD anymore because it's not going to pay us anything. So, you know, that's a great approach to what he's allowed on with the defensive utilities and owning some individual equities that way. I got you. Well, Keith, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking us through this and explaining some of these points, even maybe even some of the finer points for me that uh, don't understand bonds quite as much as, as stock. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Well, we got a mailbag question up here. Welcome to hang around, Keith, if you want to. But let me remind you first, you can find all five parts of this Busting the Biggest Financial Myths series on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there and go back. You can also find it on uh, the website, bashrock-fg.com. We talked about retirement and life insurance, retirement income, taxes, why you need a financial advisor and why you can't just always depend on technologies. That's available. All that plus today's conversation of stocks to bonds. You can find it all on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so let's go into the mailbag here, Ben, and answer a question before we wrap up today's show. And this one comes from Andrew, who asks us, should I work with a younger financial advisor with less experience or somebody who's my age but might retire at the same time I do? Well, naturally, I'm going to say yes because I'm younger. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I'm 33 years old, so I do consider myself still relatively young. It just depends on if I played basketball the night before and and I'm sore from um, doing little things like I I used to not be. But no, that is a really good question. It's something that we get a lot. And and I kind of go back to, you know, different other professional industries out there. So, you know, are you going to go visit a doctor or go hire a doctor um, that's going to retire on the same time you are? Are you going to go hire an accountant, an attorney? You know, financial advisors should be looped in that same group of individuals. And and really, the experience part is the challenging part because, you know, that's the old gray hair myth in our business to say, you know, you have to have the gray hair to have the experience uh, to, you know, advise people accordingly. But I do think hiring a young person that's going to not retire in the time that you do is is definitely important. Or if you are working with a, an older advisor that that will more than likely retire during your retirement, see if they have a, a really good succession plan in place. See if that that you're not just going to get dumped onto another financial advisor in the firm, that you actually know that person and have extended conversations with that person so that, like I said, you're not just getting lost in the, in the shuffle or, or dumped onto someone's plate and, and that you know how to work with them. So again, I hate to give a generic answer there, but I do think leaning towards the youth is, is definitely a good idea. It's just, you know, with that comes a little bit less experience. So it is a give and take relationship, but just make sure that individual is qualified and licensed appropriately, get a couple references. And I don't think you'll, you'll be uh, um, hurt by any way. Okay. Thanks for your question, Andrew. Remember, you can always send in questions a couple of different ways. You can go to the website, bashrock-fg.com. You can go like bashrock on Facebook and join the conversation there. Send us a question there, or you can call the office at bashrock. 330-473-1060. You can ask, ask them questions directly there. They'll answer them to you or they'll bring them on the podcast and Ben will send them to me and we'll ask them so everybody can uh, get the info that we're providing. So that's going to do it for this conversation. Uh, ben, Keith, thank you guys for today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that'll do. That'll conclude our series of busting the biggest financial myths. We got another one. We'll be starting up on the next episode. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app, whatever that might be, and join us again for another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM. AEWM and BA Schrock Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. 
Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with a U.S. government or any government agency. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.